Hello, and welcome to this podcast of Sunday Sermons from Concord United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll find this message to be meaningful, insightful, and a refreshing part of your daily walk with God. Please feel free to share this podcast with family, friends, or anyone else who might benefit from it. This podcast is part of the digital ministries of Concord United, and we are grateful that you have chosen to experience worship and God's Word with us. For more information about Concord United and its ministries, please visit our website at concordunited.org. I'm excited to welcome you to the third week of our Crazy Stuff Jesus Said message series. And I'm even more excited that after the first two weeks, you came back. We're, we're really glad you're still here. Uh, we, we're looking at these passages, these things that Jesus said that it just seems hard to explain. They're, they're out there and they're crazy and they're provocative. And sometimes we just kind of hear them and we think, well, I don't know what to do with that. So I'm not going to deal with that. But what we find is that Jesus always said things for a reason. And Jesus said things so provocatively in order to make a point about the power and the depth and the greatness of God's love. And sometimes when we hear these initially, it's hard for us to hear that point. But if we go back and we look at them in the context of first century Palestine in which Jesus said them, in the context of what he was trying to teach, then all of a sudden we can say, oh, okay, I see how you really couldn't have communicated this any other way, how it was important to use these words to make your point. And we find ourselves learning more about the depth of God's love than we could have known otherwise. Uh, We encourage you, one of the ways you can continue to do this throughout the week is to participate in the Grow Through the Bible reading plan. We've picked out scriptures all summer. They're not very long, but they go along with each of the things you'll hear preached about on Sunday morning. So they'll give you some of the context of what's going on and what Jesus is talking about. And would love for you to participate in that. Today, we're really wrestling with the question of does God discriminate, right? Uh, Jesus uh, says to this woman who comes seeking healing for her daughter, uh, he says, it's not right to uh, give the children's food to the dogs. Now, you you can't call somebody a dog. Uh, You especially can't call a woman that and you especially shouldn't call a woman who's, she was a Canaanite who's actually a minority that. I mean, if Jesus had said this today, right, it, somebody would have uh, put him on TikTok or uh, Facebook, or the real or something, saying it, and he would have been canceled, right? Everybody would have, would have said, no, we, we don't want to hear it. So we've got to go back and we've got to say, Jesus, surely you knew this. I mean, surely you knew how offensive this was when you said it. You know, what, what in the world could you be saying And really what we're going to be wrestling with as we dig into the scripture is, does Jesus have favorites, right? Does Jesus actually have favorites? And a lot of us would say, well, no, Uh, but then we, we sometimes act like it because we think about people and we think about certain people with certain personalities and certain habits and we think, now that's the type of person Jesus is really happy with right? Now, Jesus really wants to bless that person. And we walk around ourselves and we don't often think, well, God really wants to love and bless me. We come to church and we learn about a God that wants to love and bless, but then we walk around and we normally think about a God who wants to punish, wants to set us straight, wants to teach us a lesson, uh, who is uh, kind of, you know, most of the time moderately disappointed with us, right? That's that's what a lot of us carry around in our head uh, about, or really, 
really more so than in our head, even in our heart about God when in fact, God, Jesus does not have favorites. And Father's Day is a, a good example of that. If, if you're a dad and you have multiple kids, you know it's impossible to have favorites because you couldn't love one of your kids more than the other because you look at one and you say, there's no way I could love anyone more than you. And then you look at the other and you say, there's no way I could love anyone more, more than you. And I can't love you less because you're my child and there's something about it that I just can't do that. And I can't love you more because I love you as much as I could, could love anybody. But as children, we often get worried that our parents have favorites. And as children of God, we often get worried that our heavenly parent has a favorite. This was reiterated to me a few years ago uh, when my children was much, were much smaller than they are now. Uh, my oldest son and I were having a, a rather uh, passionate discussion about a difference of opinion, uh, which I think had to do with whether he could go and play with other friends in the neighborhood before chores were done. And this discussion took a while, took so long that the chores could have been done within the time that we were having the discussion, but that's not what really matters, right? Uh, so we, we have this discussion and eventually we came to, uh, you know, some kind of resolution. And he said something to me like, you, you always fuss at me. You don't, you know, you, you don't fuss at the others like you fuss at me. You must like them better. And I was like, no, 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 I, I went into that hole. I can't love you more. I can't love you less. I can't love them more. I can't love them less. So then I go and I see my uh, middle child and she's like, dad, you just spent the last hour paying attention to him. You don't spend that much time paying attention to me. And I, I was like, well, well, I can fuss at you too if you want me to. Uh, but but I, I went into it with her that whole, I can't love you more. I can't love you less. And she gave me that look that, that only little girls can give like, I hear what you're saying, but I don't know that I'm buying what you're selling. And so then I go and I see my little guy and I'm like, hey, buddy, how, how are you doing? Uh, and the older two at that point, like they had the freedom. They could walk out the door and go to a friend's house and he'd tell us where they were going, but they had that freedom. He's like, you don't let me go see my friends. I can't, I'm not, it's not okay for me to just walk outside and play. And I was like, you just learned to walk. <laughs> I was like, you're little, you just learned to walk. And he looked at me and he said, I am big. <laughs> and there's only one proper response to that statement, right? Yes, you are. You are, you are big. So I thought about, and I just thought, what can I do? And I thought about, you know, what can I say? How can I explain this? And I thought about the Bible and I thought about fatherhood. And I finally came up with what I believe to be the most biblically appropriate statement I could make in that situation. Y'all want to go to Dairy Queen? <laughs> you know, sometimes you just have to try to speak a language that's, that, that's received. Uh, but but we, we all have that, right? The, the reason we laugh is because we can all relate to, to that as, as kids and uh, that, those, those experiences. And so that's why it's so shocking to us when we hear these words from Jesus. But I want you to know, Jesus says these words for a very good reason. He's really actually making a point to the people in that place at that time that he couldn't make any other way. And we're going to, we're going to dive, dive into that. So let's uh, pick up. This is Matthew 15, beginning with verse 21. 
Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she said, she came and knelt before him. Lord, help me. He answered, it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, yes, Lord, yet even dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. Right? So three times the woman has to ask for healing. First she asks, and he says, I only came for the people of Israel. Now, she's a believer. She calls him Lord, son of David, but she's a Canaanite. She's of another ethnicity. Even if she's come to believe in the Jewish God, believe in Jesus, uh, she's not in the tribe. Well, uh, she continues to say, no, 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 you can do this. Please do this. And that's when he says, I shouldn't give the children's food to dogs. And then she says, yes, but even dogs get the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And that's when he says, great is your faith. You are an example of faithfulness for everyone. So why would, why would he treat her like that? Why, why wouldn't he just receive the first question? Well, here, here's, here's what you need to know. Um, Jesus knows our inner thoughts, right? Jesus knows our inner thoughts. Uh, uh, some of you uh, might be familiar with the, the Star Wars stories, right? And you have Jedi and they do like these mind tricks. Uh, and I, I figured out this the, the other day. Part of the whole Jedi thing in Star Wars, by the way, this is an aside. This is just for free. Um, they're not allowed to be married. And I always wondered why they wouldn't be married. And then I realized it's because they can read each other's minds. And that would be a really tough marriage. Like you think you want your spouse to read your mind? No, you only want your spouse to read your mind at selective moments, right? You don't want, you don't want that all the time. Uh, so I think that's why they got into so much trouble when Anakin tried to get married. That's why it just didn't work. Uh, reg regardless. Um, okay, so Jesus can read minds. And he know, we're told throughout the scriptures, he knows all our inner thoughts, right? Like people will come to him and it will say, they'll say, Jesus, knowing what the Pharisees were thinking, right? Jesus, knowing why they asked the question, he knows the inner thoughts. And Jesus knows the inner thoughts, both of this woman He's not surprised. You know, nowhere else do we, nowhere do we really see Jesus being all of a sudden surprised. He's not surprised by her faith at the end when she asked for healing for her daughter for the, for the third time. He, he knows it's coming. He also knows the inner thoughts of his disciples and the other Jewish people following him. And he knows that they are looking at this Canaanite woman as a second class citizen. So they are looking at someone who is unworthy of his time and so and certainly his healing and so what he's doing initially is he's using this crazy stuff he's saying to actually mirror what they are thinking and he's using extreme language like calling her a dog 
to say, hey, whenever you treat someone as not as good as everyone else, that's what you're doing to them. You don't like to think of it like that, but I need to use this language to make it very blatant to you exactly what you're doing when that happens. And so what, what's happening here is Jesus is teaching everyone a lesson, not just the woman. Uh, he, he, Jesus sees this woman as an example of faithfulness, not a second-class citizen. And through going in this extended dialogue with her, he's giving her this opportunity to show the depth of her faith that at the end of the conversation, he will, he will celebrate. Uh, and as, as he celebrates that faith, he will teach everyone uh, who came thinking, oh, we have more, more faith than her. Oh, she's not worthy. They'll leave knowing more about how God our Father really loves, how God doesn't have children that he loves more and children that, that he loves less, how God doesn't judge based on ethnicity and all the ways and, and where you grew up uh, and what's happened to you and all the ways that we judge uh, here, here in the world. You know, this weekend we're, we're celebrating Juneteenth in our country and it's hard for some of us to even imagine a time in which slavery was really a thing. Uh, but we go back and when you read the history of people who were enslaved and you read the history of people who lived in societies where even if they weren't enslaved, they were treated as second-class citizens. And you can see when you get in that situation, there are several things, ways that in which you can respond. One of the ways in which you can respond is to say, you know what, they're right. And this is tragic when it happens. You can decide to agree that it's easier to go along, that it's easier to believe, yeah, I really don't, I'm really not as good as them. I, I really don't, don't, don't deserve uh, the life that, that other people deserve because then at least you don't have to be upset about the injustice of the, of the whole thing. And we see people who just become submissive and decide it's, e it's easier to go along and that's tragic because in so doing, while they're avoiding conflict, uh, they're letting go uh, and of some of the image of God within them. Uh, and they're allowing one of God's children themselves to not demand to be treated like one of, one of God's children. And then you have other people who come whatever may say, no, 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 that's, that's not who I am. And that, that's what this woman is. She says, no, 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 no. She knows, she knows who God is. She knows how good God is. She knows even if she wasn't born in the right place at the right time to the right family, that there's more than enough mercy and love and grace in God for her. And I can't tell you the number of times we have people come in this church and they're here for several months and then they get the courage to come and talk to one of us. And they say, you know, I didn't think there could be a place in church for me. I, I thought lightning would strike when, when I came we, when I came in this church, I mean, for all the times I've had somebody tell me they thought lightning would strike when, the, when they came inside this church, you'd think we like had a ton of thunderstorms around here because that, that seems to be a common refrain with, with folks. And then the amazing thing and that this happened, uh, well, this happens often. I just learned about another instance in which this happened this week that warmed my heart. And, and this is what they said to me, but I came here and I met the people and I discovered that there was a place here for me. And I discovered that, that they were just like me because of the way you treated them. 
And some of us, we, we come into this church and we might think, well, I'm, I'm okay in church. But we really don't think of God as wanting to bless us, right? We, 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 we don't think that way. We really think that we've had some opportunities. We've squandered some opportunities. We've done some things well. We've done some things pretty poorly. And we think that, that really church is about God getting a hold of us, teaching us a lesson. And that there are probably good people God wants to bless, but that's, that's not what, what God's wanting to, to do with us. And when you get into that mindset, you're a, becoming submissive to the lie that the devil tells that you're a second-class citizen in God's kingdom. Uh, and we, we don't want to be submissive to, to that lie. We want to be the people like this woman who say, no, no, no. The people uh, who understand Jesus' teaching and make sure others feel like they're not second class and the people who make sure we don't fall into that easy trap of somehow coming to believe that we're the ones who are second class. So I simply want to close today uh, with a question for you. Do you believe God wants to bless you? Not just do you believe God wants to teach you a lesson. And when God does teach us lessons, but God always teaches us lessons to bless us. Not just you believe God wants to set you straight. You believe God wants to punish you. Do you believe God wants to bless you? Do you believe what God wants more than anything is, is for you to be blessed? And if you're having trouble believe that, believing that, I, I want to ask yourself, uh, if you, uh, I, I, pray, I pray that you all had loving fathers in your life. But if you are a father and you know what it is to love your children, or even if you grew up and, and your dad had some serious flaws and wasn't able to communicate that to you, I, I want you to think about the person in your life who, who loved, loved you the most. And I want you to think if there was anything you could do for that person where they would just say, no, I, I don't, don't want what's best for you. Or fathers, think about, is there anything your child could ever do uh, that would cause you to not want to see them be blessed, right? I, 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 I can't think, think of a thing. Do you believe God wants to bless you? And then will you persevere? Will you persevere and understand that, that often our experience of those blessings takes place on God's timeline, not our own? Jesus often tells stories of people who persevere and then of they, they, receive, they receive blessing for their perseverance. He tells the story, he says, hey, if, you're in the, if it's the middle of the night and someone comes to your house and you need to receive a guest and you're out of flour so you can't cook for them, go, go to your neighbor's house in the middle of the night and knock on the door. And if you knock once, they'll tell you no to go back to bed. And if you knock twice, they'll tell you no to go back to bed and if you knock three times they'll be so sick of getting up uh, to tell you no that they'll give you the flower so you'll go away and uh, what, what Jesus uh, Jesus wasn't trying to communicate with that that God gets sick of hearing from us uh, so we can manipulate God what he's saying is if you persevere you'll, you'll get the blessing uh, he, he tells that same story in different uh, ways often will you continue to seek God and trust that God wants to bless you. In fact, not just trust that God wants to bless you, but trust that God is blessing you. And sometimes we can't fully receive it and sometimes we can't fully see it, but trust that that's exactly what God is up to. Recently, I, I heard the uh, both uh, tragic and miraculous story of a young lady from Texas. Uh, she was abducted at a, at a public event and spent six weeks in a, uh, in a horrific human trafficking circle until finally her parents worked with the authorities and they found out where she was uh, and they rescued her and captured several uh, of the folks uh, who were involved in leading this, this ring. 
Well, uh, they talked to her afterwards and they talked about all the trauma she went through. And they said, how'd you make it? How'd you make it through those six weeks? And she said, I knew someone was coming for me. I knew someone was coming for me. I, I knew my parents, like they, they would go to their grave looking for me. I, I knew someone was coming. And she said, what really disturbs me is the hundreds of young women I met during those six weeks in the same situation who had no hope anyone was still looking, who had given up, who thought that either nobody cared or nobody believed they could find them anymore. Uh, folks, I want to ask you how you live your life with God. Do you believe God's looking for you? Do you believe God is actively seeking for you each day, seeking to rescue you, seeking to bless you, seeking to lift you up? Or do you walk through life thinking that you've had your chance, uh, thinking that God's busy over here, thinking that no one's coming? Because our scriptures are, are very clear that Jesus came and he came and on that cross, he extended his arms for all. And telling us that through his Holy Spirit, he's coming each day and he is, he is seeking us. Uh, the, uh, uh, or centuries ago in literature, uh, Jesus was referred to as the hound of heaven, uh, like a dog that could sniff a scent on the hunt and that would not give up until he found you. Uh, that's, that's who our God is. Uh, there, there's no barrier that will stop him from coming for you. But how are you living your life? Are you seeking him? Are you waiting for him? Are you looking for him? Or are you allowing yourself to be abused by life? Are you allowing yourself to go through life like a second class citizen? Have you believed the lie the devil's telling? Uh, because I just want you to know today, if you know nothing else, even if you still leave this place believing that lie, what I want you to do is just begin to doubt it. And I just want you to hear this truth that someone's coming for you and he's, you, he can't be stopped. Let's pray together. Gracious Lord, we give you thanks for your goodness and your mercy, for your power and for your love. We give you thanks that you love us, that you love all of us, that there are no second-class citizens in your kingdom, uh, that all uh, are your full children. God, we often turn away from you. We often somehow believe that you've quit pursuing us, uh, that you're not coming for us. God, uh, help our unbelief. Uh, teach us your ways. Show us uh, your nature, your grace. Uh, God, teach us to persevere just long ago as this woman persevered so that her daughter might be healed. Teach us to continue to seek you so that we might be healed so that we might be blessed. And when we are, Lord, don't allow us to keep our healing and our blessing to ourselves, but help us to give you the praise and you the glory and spend our lives seeking to offer healing and blessing to others. We pray this in your name. And we all said together, amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with 
Sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.